Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. The epistle is from Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, how we live this life as Christians and especially as Lutherans is quite different from everyone else around us. Yes, it is quite different. For example, examine the type of books that people are reading. Now, I am not talking about cooking books or fiction novels or even reference books. I'm talking about those kind of books that teach us how to live this life. Think through some of these titles of these popular books. Titles such as this, The Power of Your Mind, or Thinking Big, or this one I like especially, You Can Get Rich, or how about this one, I'm Okay, You're Okay, and this one, There's Nothing Wrong With You At All, and personally my favorite, Think better, live better, a victorious life begins in your mind. Now, what all of these books have in common is that they believe that we humans can fix ourselves. Yes, so that we can fix ourselves. They assume that something is broken, but they also assume that we are fixable. Indeed, the assumption is that we humans can go from bad to good with a little bit of effort. But we Lutherans don't buy this kind of thinking. Sure, we understand that a little blood and sweat and tears can make things better for a time on the service, on the outside, if you will. But we also realize that blood, sweat, and tears do nothing to get at the root of the problem. 
In other words, we know that beneath the surface, inwardly speaking, all of humanity has a much bigger problem. That bigger problem is the sinful nature. And we know that if we do not deal with that root of the problem, then nothing is really accomplished on the surface, outwardly speaking. Consider this for a moment. It has been said before that if you try to educate a person that you end up getting a smarter sinner. If you try to get a person to be confident, you will get a self-assured sinner. If you try to get a person to think big, you will get a big-headed sinner. If you try to get a person to tap into power, well, you end up, yes, you guessed it right, a power-hungry sinner. And if you try to get a person to be rich, well, you will get a greedy sinner. The point being, we Lutherans live this life understanding that we can, yes, that we can fix things outwardly for a time, but we cannot renew and we cannot repair and we cannot improve the sinful nature that we all possess within. We understand that beneath the surface, in the basement, if you will, that all of humanity has this common root problem of sin. And the sin, what about it? Well, this sinful nature within cannot be changed, my friends. Indeed, this sinful nature within is too addicted to darkness. Your sinful nature that you have is too twisted, it is too corrupt, it is too perverse to be fixed with optimistic slogans or so-called easy-to-implement principles and, yes, positive attitudes. So what shall you and I do, though? Yes, what shall we do then? Well, you see, that question is the wrong question. My friends, you and I, we cannot do anything about this root problem of sin. As already stated, outwardly, we can improve things to a point, but keep in mind that improving things on the surface is like putting a Band-Aid on cancer. Band-Aids do not cure cancer, and our own willpower and determination cannot be the end of the sinful nature within. And that is why each and every one of us needs something to be done to us. That is why we need to be baptized into Jesus' death through baptism. Consider an epistle reading from Romans this morning. All of us, Paul says, all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. Frankly stated, the end of the sinful nature is not to fix it with our own willpower, but to remember that you and I are baptized into Christ. The key is to know that our sin finds its end in Jesus. The end of the sinful nature is not moral improvement, but death, yes, death of the sinful nature in Christ. Let's examine this practically speaking, though. Consider a person who struggles maybe with pornography or gossip, or perhaps both pornography and gossip. On the surface level, the person could decide to 
maybe unsubscribe from naughty television channels and maybe put an internet filter on their computer to limit the amount of porn. And with gossip, well, the person could work really hard to monitor their speech and curb their tongue while with others. And guess what, my friends? They might be successful on the surface level for a time. But what about underneath the surface? What about the sinful nature within at that root level? Well, that is where it gets tricky. Indeed, that is where it gets really tricky. The person could say to themselves, they could say this, they could say, well, I will only think pure thoughts and not twisted sexual thoughts about my neighbor, and I will only think good words, positive words, not slanderous words about my neighbor. I can fix my words and I can fix my deeds outwardly speaking. And you know what? I will fix my thoughts inwardly as well. And with good intentions and a little bit of grit, the person may be successful for a time outwardly and even inwardly speaking. But in reality, my friends, all that they have done is to put a muzzle on the sinful nature. He or she has not done a single thing against the sinful nature except to curb it for a moment. And furthermore, the tragedy in this is this, is who is the person depending on? They're depending on themselves. The end of their sin is their own willpower, their own determination to stop sinning. Oh, Lord, have mercy on this kind of thinking. Indeed, Lord, have mercy on this kind of thinking. Dear friends, the Apostle Paul, in a reading from Romans, does not announce, he does not announce that we should try to improve our sinful nature through moral progress. He does not say that we should try to follow some sort of checklist uh, to, to list it off or, or, or to listen to encouraging, uplifting music to somehow tame the sinful nature. And get this, he doesn't even announce that we have to get busy and try to die. No, he announces this startling fact, this profound fact, and that is this, that we have already died with Christ. Yes, that we have already died with Christ. You see, if we try to battle the sinful nature by trying to fix it ourselves, we are spinning our wheels in the dirt. For the end of the sinful nature is not a do-more-try-harder life, but the end is Christ. Christ, my friends, is the end. So back to that person who struggles with pornography and gossip. Should they unsubscribe from naughty television channels and put internet filters on their computer and put maybe a somewhat of a curb on their tongue to monitor their speech around others? The answer is absolutely yes. This is indeed good. They should do this. Absolutely they should do this. And they also, my friends, need to repent. Yes, they need to repent. You see, repentance is nothing more than remembering that we do not belong to sin, that we do not belong to death, that we do not, certainly do not belong to the devil, but we belong to Jesus Repentance is, is, is beating our chest and remembering that we are the baptized. Repentance, it sounds like this. It says, Lord, I have sinned with pornography and gossip or whatever else it may be. Lord, I do not belong to this sin, but I belong to you. For all of my sinful thoughts, all of my sinful words and deeds have died with you in baptism. 
This sin has its end with you, dear Jesus, not me. Forgive me, Lord. Dear baptized saints, you must remember that when you were baptized, you were crucified with Christ so that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. You are not a slave to sin, but you belong to Jesus through baptism. Now keep in mind, even though you died with Christ in baptism, it doesn't mean that you will never sin again, for you surely will sin again daily. But when you do sin, my friends, do not roll around in the muck of sin or jump to despair or fix your eyes on yourself as a solution to sin, but instead get up, make the sign of the cross, remembering that the Lord of the universe has marked you as one of the redeemed, claimed you from darkness to light, and has plunged you into baptism. And then beat your chest. Confess your sins with boldness and confidently hear that absolution that for Christ's sake you are forgiven of all of your sins. And get this, you then do not look back to your sin, but you go forward with joy and confidence in Christ, who is the end of that sin knowing that you do not belong to sin, that sin is not your master, but that Jesus is your master, Jesus is your Lord, Jesus is your end. And when that sin ensnares you again, well, it is the same thing over and over and over. It is repentance and to hear the forgiveness of Christ back to Christ again and again and again and again, Jesus for you. You see, we must keep in mind that repenting, my friends, is nothing other than an attack on that sinful nature. Indeed, repentance does not reform that sinful nature, doesn't tame that sinful nature. Repentance is not a, a coddling of that sinful nature, but that repentance is an attack on that sinful nature. It's acknowledging that sin is dead to you. Repentance is simply this, I give up. I need one whose blood and sweat and tears conquered sin, death, and the devil for me. Repentance is before Christ. Yes, repentance says this, I give up. I need the one whose blood, sweat, and tears conquered sin, death, and the devil for me. And my friends, that is exactly who you have. It is exactly who you have. You have the blood, sweat, and tears of Jesus' forgiveness on Mount Calvary given to you when you were baptized and raised anew in baptism. Dear baptized saints, the good news of the gospel is this. You are dead to sin. You are dead to sin and alive to God. You are alive to God in Christ Jesus. You belong to Christ. Sin has no dominion over you. Christ is your life. And he, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the end of your sin. Indeed, he is the end of sin. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word speaks us righteous bright with thine own holiness thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon you can access a full manuscript of today's sermon 
from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.